disruption zone. Opportunity lives where the status quo dies. Talking to the greatest innovators, disruptors, and off-the-wall inventors, we can scrounge up. You laugh, you'll learn, you'll be inspired. Now, here are your hosts, Leland Conway and Cameron Mills. All right, fun episode on tap for you today. Cameron Mills is back with us. We're going to talk about all kinds of things, including dogs pooping on the floor in the White House. Cameron Mills' first ever swimsuit issue from Sports Illustrated and why he's a felon and restoring felons' voter rights. You're not going to want to miss a minute of this awesome discussion. But first... Thanks to our sponsor, Louisville Cabinets and Countertops. They are fantastic. Check them out at LouisvilleCabinetsAndCountertops.com. By the way, even if you're not ready to have your kitchen done yet, give them a call and thank them for uh, helping to make the disruption zone possible. Um, they are awesome in their support of our program. Now, I'm not just saying that because they support us. I'm saying that because I've worked with them for years. They did our master bathroom. They did our kitchen. And I'm pretty confident that our house sold very quickly because of the beautiful work that they did. So if it's time for your dream kitchen, you know, interest rates are super low right now. So maybe you're thinking about selling your house and moving into another one. Well, get that kitchen done. It's going to help itself faster. Or maybe you want to settle down, refinance the house, or maybe get a home equity loan and get that dream kitchen to make it your dream home. Now's the time to do that as well. So check out Louisville Cabinets and Countertops. Uh, they're at 6200 Hit Lane, Louisville, Kentucky. You can also give them a call at 502-930-3304. Talk to their uh, designers, George, Kelly, Michelle. They're happy to help you build your dream kitchen, start to finish, turnkey remodel. Now, if you're a do-it-yourselfer and you want to flip that house or you're a contractor, go to their website and check out under cabinets. Look at their awesome cabinets that they already have in stock that you can literally pick up. They're high-quality, super uh, affordable and yet ready for your current project. You can also get some laminates cut basically almost same day. And then they've got any kind of hard surface countertop that you want, whether it's granite or quartz or uh, other types of solid surface, they can get it done for you. It's Louisville Cabinets and Countertops.com. Now, my conversation with my co host, the silent one, who's almost never here, but he is lovable, Cameron Mills. Oh, man, it's good to have my buddy Cameron Mills back with us on the Disruption Zone, who is the executive producer, co-executive producer, and co-host that you never hear. That's Silent, why, silent that, executive silent, producer. Silent, silent co-host. co-host. That's, that's yes. awesome. I, that I, we, is. we have to be the first podcast in the world that has a silent co-host. It's like a yeah. shtick. It's what we do. Uh, yeah. Welcome back, Serge. Good to see you. Um, we have a lot to talk about today, and the main focus of our conversation is going to be about restoring felons voter rights with yes. something both you and I agree with. It's, it's yes. criminal justice reform. Absolutely. But I, I got to throw this out at you. I just came across this story. There's a couple other things in the news we haven't had a chance to talk about. President Joe Biden's dog pooped in the White House. Did you hear about this? I would assume this is not the first time that's happened. Well, it's a story on Fox you. News. It's obviously made news. It's uh, on Fox News. So they, I guess this is the new, this is pre- One of President Biden's dogs news? left a mess on the White House floor on Wednesday. White House press <laughs> pool spotted the two dogs of President Champ and Major sitting in front of the diplomatic room just before uh, First Lady Jill Biden, Jill Biden left to visit a COVID-19 vac spot. There was dog poo on the floor, the pool reported. It is <laughs> unclear whether Champ or Major was the bad dog. Champ and Major later awaited the motorcade to depart the White House on the South Lawn. Crying Apparently, Major is being uh, sent to Camp David because he bit the staff. Good gosh. <laughs> First of all, the story is that the dog bit the staff. 
Not that's yeah, the actual story. That should not be that the it, story. How many? How many? It's presidents far more have fun to lead with poop. This is such, this again. What, why is this news? I don't know, but I got to tell you, uh, the one thing I actually like God, about Joe Biden, the one yeah. thing, yeah. is that we now have a president who actually loves dogs. Yes. back in the White House, President Obama, yes. President Obama, got that weird designer yeah, dog thing just because, to have a dog. Didn't yeah, he? because of pressure. Yeah, the last guy to actually love dogs was Bush, the second. Yeah. Yeah. And then now, uh, and now Biden. So I got yeah. I got to give him kudos for that. Even we, if the dog can we, poops can we on go the back to how stupid it is that the press pool is reporting on something like this? Yeah, especially if they're burying the lead. The lead is one of his <laughs> bit dogs somebody. bit somebody. See, I let me tell you something. If that happens, unless you can prove, doesn't that that dog have to? The person and the dog have to go into quarantine now. Yeah, exactly. Right. That's literally what has to happen. Because I'll yep. tell you a story. I got bit. I was on another person's property. Um, they did not know I was on their property. I was taking photographs. They had this. Uh, really you're cool trespassing. Well, I and technically I was, though I did pull up directly on their driveway, so it's not like I was sneaking around. I pulled up because they had this very cool basketball goal set up in their house. And I was in the I was traveling around a lot doing my ministry and I was in this mode of I'm looking for cool Kentucky basketball goals, right? right. Hung on a barn, like yep. hung on a you know, put up all this like a like an the expensive one lane road in Kentucky yes. on the top of a ridge with a barn up against <laughs> well it and a, and a and a basketball yes. goal out on the street. And some burly tobacco growing over here in the background. Exactly. Because I have played basketball in the road where you have to get out of the way when the hay truck comes through. Yes. That's the, and Kentucky. Those, yeah. So I drove up, I saw it from a distance. I drove up the drive I was like, oh my gosh, this is, this is, this is beautiful. I had my, I had my good camera with me. So I, I got out and as soon as I got out, these two dogs who were barking at me. Okay. Now I, I, I love dogs. Okay. You, this was, I'm not afraid of barking dogs, barking dogs. You need kneel down. You don't necessarily look them in the eye. You put a hand down and you let them come up and sniff you. That's how you right, deal with it. Okay? Right, right, right. These dogs, that's, I was doing that too. One of them got aggressive because the other one started barking at him and he lunged out and just nipped me in my leg. I had to spend, first of all, the dog had to spend two weeks in quarantine. Uh, that I had to report myself to the health department. Um, because, and then I, the dog, because they had to figure out the dog had, was rabid. Now, the dog had its ra rabies vaccine. They had evidence of that, but they still had to put in quarantine for, 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 for uh, two weeks. Yeah. So, doesn't Biden's dog have to do more than go to Camp probably David? Not. Unless that counts as that may count as quarantine. Yeah, probably not because he's probably the most tested and um, that's true. Well taken care of dog out well, there. Well, but clearly not the best behaved. No, and that's on the owner, by the way. Just going to say that. But <laughs> I, I will say this: what I think would be a great news story is if if now since Major is being sent, you know, to Camp David because Camp he bites David, people. Right, that's if what we started having happen was every time Putin came to visit the White House, we brought Major back and then we got stories about Major pooping on uh, Putin's stores, <laughs> sto yeah. shoes because I think pooping on Putin, I, I think care. is a funny headline. Major that is, that is, that is a funny headline, and and no doubt that is a funny headline that our media now would re would report because apparently that's what they're reporting on. That, that, yeah. that, that's what makes me mad. That's not a story I care about, nor is it one that needs to be shared, period. I just made you care about it. <laughs> no, I cared about the part that they buried the lead. They buried right. the lead that the dog bit someone. Bit the somebody. whole part of that story that you read was about the dog pooping, pooping in the White House. That's all that matters, man. Pooping. If it bleeds or poops, it leads. All right, let's talk about what we really want to talk about today because you and I are both passionate about criminal justice reform, second uh -huh. chances. Yes. And uh, it is about time that we that we start, you know, I understand people commit crimes. Yep. A lot of times they commit them when they're young. Yep. We learn uh, to do better. We restore our lives. We put things back together. And um, 
it's time that we start letting these people actually completely live their lives. So once they, I know you're once very they, passionate yeah. about this and you're campaigning for this. I, I am. I'm, I'm actually um, with uh, a couple of groups. I mean, well, first of all, with the League of Women Voters, who uh, I did a video for last month about specifically uh, Kentucky is one of three states left that does not automatically automatically restore the right to vote to felons who have. And this is the key part completely completed their sentence. Right. So if they are sentenced as a felon and this counts, this is this is uh, prison. This is parole and this is probation. This is all three after they have completed all three. OK, we do not automatically restore their rights to vote. Leland, every state in the union but three has done this. They've mm-hmm. already done this. And here we are as Kentucky last again yeah. in doing something that every other state has decided to do. And beside the fact that every other state, it would have been wonderful if we had been the first state to do this and no one else had done this. And we were thinking that far ahead because here's what it does. Number one, if you have committed a crime, a judge will sentence you or a jury will sentence you. And therefore, you are, in some sense, responsible for paying your penance, uh, paying back your, quote unquote, debt to society. OK, and then upon completion of that sentence that the judge or jury or even the law, if it's a mandatory sentence type situation, has decided this is your sentence. Well, the problem is is that once you've completed that sentence, if we're still holding something over you, then truly your sentence has not been completed. Right, right. And there are so many people, and I've talked to to many recently because I've gotten involved in this. I've been involved in justice reform for a while now, particularly when it comes to um, uh, felony, not just voter disenfranchisement. And I hate that name, uh, felony voter disenfranchisement, but but the, the core behind it, I believe in. And then having felons be able for certain felonies here in Kentucky back in 2016, um, allowing them the chance to have their records, their felony records expunged. Because here's the problem. Once that hits your record, even though you've paid your debts to society and now walking quote unquote as a free man or a free woman, do you know how hard or impossible it is to get a job? Right. And if you can't get a job, Leland, what's going to happen? Yeah. You're going to fall back into criminality. And so this all sprung to me, and I've told you the story before, but for the sake of uh, uh, Disruption Zone, I'll say it again because I don't know that I've ever told this story on the Disruption Zone. So in 2015, as part of my ministry, I was visiting um, uh, Kentucky State Reformatory in LaGrange. And in Kentucky State Reformatory, I was I was in the basketball court. I was playing some games. Uh, Jared Polson, who many people, Kentucky fans remember, he went with me. Um, we were just visiting some people. Jared was awesome. He played one-on-one with a couple of inmates. I was not in shape to play basketball, so I just kind of hung around and made smart-out comments and uh, met some gentlemen. Um, but we, we, after we were in the gym for a while, we went to the library. And in the library, there were a couple of uh, gentlemen. And as you, we, I was talking to them, and when you, do, when you do prison ministry, the first time you go into a prison, you're terrified, right? You don't know what to expect. Right. You don't know what to do. You don't know what to ask. You don't know, you know, do I ask this person what they did? Do, or would they be honest with me anyway? You know what? You just don't know what to talk about. And so you wind up talking about things that don't really matter. And in some cases, that's probably the best. But as you do more and more, you get to the point where you start treating these people as human beings. And you really will ask the question you want to ask. So what did you do? So how much longer do you have? So tell me your story. Right. And so that's what I did with these two gentlemen. Both of them shared with me that they were within four weeks they had been in each for at least five years, four weeks away from their release. And I'm like, you're kidding me. And I got this big smile on my face, but neither of them did. Mm. Neither of them smiled. And so I start digging and digging. And here's the bottom line of the story. 
And this was true for both of them. Neither of them, and they both vocalized it. They both verbalized this. They both said this verbatim. There was no hope for them on the outside. They had no hope of employment. Therefore, they had no hope of restarting or restoring their life in any way, shape, or form. Even though technically, upon release, they would be free men. Maybe there would be some parole. Maybe there would be uh, some probation. Okay, But nonetheless, they were technically released as free men. Because of their record, they were unemployable. And because they were unemployable, where were they going to wind up? So both of these guys verbalized to me, it doesn't matter when we're released. We'll both wind up here back, back here soon. And when you hear two men who you think are going to be excited to share about – because you talk about what freedom means to you and I and what freedom should mean to every American and what freedom should mean to anyone who has it in this world. The excitement of now being a free man again, about paying your penance and about walking out of a prison free and yet knowing there is no hope for you on the outside because – you're not going to be able to get a job. So that was my issue with the felony expungement is that's why I wanted that for certain felons to have a chance, because the more people who have a chance to rebuild their life, the less criminals we're going to have because they're going to rebuild their life. Well, so this came along recently as well. So here's an idea of if you are if you are getting out and you are a felon in Kentucky, the only way you ever get your right to vote restored and think about, again, to you and to me, the importance of our vote. Right. And there might be some people out there that sit there and say, hey, you know what? What does my vote matter? I'm just one person. Well, to some of us, whether we're one person or not, casting that ballot every year, every other year, every four years matters a great deal. It's part of being an American. It's part of the great gift of being an American citizen. And yet, if it's taken from you and never given back to you, okay, that can be one of the most damaging things psychologically and socially to some of these former criminals and for them to go out. And again, the only way in Kentucky they can have that right restored is number one, the governor of the state of Kentucky, whoever that might be at the time can automatically um, uh, give them that right back, but they have to appeal for it. They have to ask for it. Right. Well, that can, that can some cases cost money. All right. They can also, well, here's the bottom line is in Kentucky, the, the whole push right now is for a, um, a ballot uh, next election, which I guess would be next November, I'm assuming, if not further away than that, uh, but to change the Constitution of Kentucky to allow automatic voting rights to be restored to felons who have, and again, this is key, completed their full sentence. Nobody's asking for them to necessarily be able to cast a vote while in prison. That this is this this could be seen. Um, in one sense, as this is part of your punishment, you lose an important right because you lose your right when you become when you become a prisoner. Right. Your right of freedom is now taken away from you right. and you go into prison. And so maybe this is a right. Maybe it, you should lose it while you're serving your term. But after your term is over, I just firmly believe your right should be automatically restored. If your freedom is now restored, your right to vote should be now now be restored. And that's what we're fighting for in Kentucky right now. All right. Let me <clears throat> go a couple of bring up a couple of things. First of all, to your point, I, I don't know what it's like to be in jail. Um, plan on never knowing. That being said, I do know what it's like to be punished. <laughs> and Tabitha then, can be difficult, can't she? Right. No, when I was a kid, I spent a lot of time in the corner. <laughs> and I remember how you could never really get back into the flow of class again because you were always that kid that was in the corner. Yeah. And these guys are going to feel that magnified times a thousand when they yes. get out in life. Yes. But, but let me just let me just play a little devil's advocate. Okay. As you know, I support and agree with this. Yes, I do. But I know that there are people listening to this thinking, wait a minute. They stole something. They took something from uh-huh. someone. 
a lot of people will say, well, we can have a conversation if we're talking about post-sentence plus waiting period plus restoration. What's your okay. say? What do you say to that? Because I like the I, idea. I come down I, on that that side where it's like, well, let look, me ask you, you a question. If you committed uh, what, a felony, when, yeah. then you should have to have some amount of restoration to the person that you that you took stuff from, uh-huh. and there should be a period of cooling off once you get out of prison yeah. uh, to show that you've you, you've said I, I'm not going to be recidivist. I'm I'm gonna I'm gonna do what I have to do to to, to survive out here. And to, to I like I like the way you're thinking, except when it comes to. I have to prove to you I'm not going to be a recidivist before I get my right to vote back. Do I have to prove to I'm you if I fulfill my sentence, if I fulfill my sentence completely as the judge has ordered, right. why don't I get my right to vote back? Right. Because I'm getting my freedom back. Or do I have to prove in prison before I'm before my a judge dictates that, oh, you know what? And sometimes this is the case, isn't it? Sometimes you are you are you walk away early from your prison term. Um, because of good behavior, right? Sometimes right. that's good, but very rarely is it ever, if if ever, the reverse angle, right? You fulfill your prison sentence completely, but at that point, do I have to walk in front of a, a judge and say uh, and prove to this judge that I'm I'm not going to be a recidivist? No, right. I if I if I fulfilled the law and I fulfilled what it says as far as the judge ordered me to fulfill in prison, probation, parole, then I get to walk away a free man, whether I proved to anybody anything. Why doesn't that include the right to vote? Now. I do like the idea of restitution. I do, but, but that, that is be presuming the sentence, though. That sh- that is presuming that this person stole something from someone else. I met a gentleman in doing this video who was a felon because he was a drug addict. Right. See, that's a and that's a whole other line of conversation because I I feel like that we should defelonize being addicted to um, any type well, of drug, not decriminalize the drug right. itself. Although I am. 100% pro recreational marijuana. That's just not the kind of right. drug that people think it is. If we regulated it, right. um, we could control some of the issues that have popped up recently. And yep. the more regulated it is, the better off everyone is. But I am totally against felonizing someone who falls into the trap of addiction. Mm-hmm. Um, because here's the thing. If I, if I get addicted to cocaine and I get arrested with cocaine and I become a felon, right? right. My neighbor was addicted to um, horse gambling uh-huh. and lost his house and did all these different things yeah. that damaged his family and destroyed yeah. his life. Yeah. But at no point in that period of time, unless he commits an additional crime, yeah. is he in danger of being convicted of the crime right. of being addicted to gambling. Yeah. And so I think the idea that, that you're felon because you fell into the trap of addiction, which anybody... Yeah can be susceptible to some people are more susceptible to those. So that's True. let's let's set that one to the side because we agree on that. But in terms of felonies where if there was maybe maybe not a heinous violent crime but you got into right. you got into an assault situation or you yep. stole something or a white collar crime. Yep. Those things I think there should be restitution involved well, with those. It should be part of the sentence and then yes, I agree that's once my that point, sentence though. is served then you should ask- be free. So do you think – and you would know better than I do, I think, Leland, on this because you follow uh, politics and all this so much closely, closely, and you probably had this discussion before. But in how – where is restitution? And this is a genuine question. Where is restitution in a sentence? Will a judge sometimes sentence it might be something a person like to say, you know what, part of your, uh, part of your yeah. sentencing is prison for five years, um, probation, and then restitution? Well, I know of a guy. I know of a guy in Colorado who was a white collar crime guy. He had he built a bunch of investors uh, for money. 
Uh-huh. He went to jail for X number of years, and now yep. he's written a book about you know getting on the straight and narrow. He's a fantastic person. He's totally changed his life, but he doesn't get any proceeds from his book because his the book. judge, as part of his sentence, yeah. said, guess what? Until this is paid back. Yeah. And, you know, he, he owes so much money that he may yeah. never pay it back. Yeah. Um, but maybe if after if, if he continues to make his payments and does what he has to do for five years, he's clearly shown that he intends to make restitution. At that point, he should probably have his – because that was part of the sentence. At right. that point, he should probably have his voting rights back. But, um, see, that's the key. You, you, you say exactly that was part of his sentence. So I think yeah, and I, I think, think it your point be. is taken, but I think to me it, it's one of those things of – well, here, here's one, one of two things. So let's go back to the felony expungement thing. Okay, So if somebody does not if, – if they have felon on their record, okay, how on earth are they ever going to pay restitution depending on what their crime is or what they stole or what they took? Yeah, well, I and think in some cases, here's be... the other part of it. In some cases, some of these felons, what they took was not physical. Right. They took it was something mental or emotional. I mean, it was or right. physical in the sense of, you know what? They they beat somebody to within an inch of their life. But I think that's where restitution. How do you pay that off? Well, that's what I'm, I'm going to answer that question. I think that restitution could be intangible in some cases. So, for instance, if if it was a set amount of money, if somebody stole a car, if somebody stole built somebody out of a million dollars in investment, all right, dude, you're you're gonna have to pay that million back, and if that means you're paying it the rest of your life, you're paying it the rest of your life. Suck it up. Right. Yeah. That's part of the sentence. Okay. But let's say somebody assaulted somebody when they were 19. You know, yeah. old enough to know better, but to not be adult. old yep. enough to really have their full frontal cortex developed. <laughs> Fair enough. And. So they do this, and they 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 break the guy's arm or whatever. Yeah. Maybe there's not a monetary thing. Maybe it scared the crap out of the guy. I don't know. Whatever. Sure. So now what we're going to do is we're going to say, well, you're going to finish your five-year sentence for attacking the guy. Okay. You're going to be on two years probation. And during the period of that time of probation, uh-huh. we're also going to expect you to work at this halfway house with underage kids to keep them from doing what you did. Maybe that's restitution. Something that says... I'm ready to invest myself back in the community as opposed to take away from it. I don't think, I think it has to be dollars and cents. I just think good. it has to okay, be something that says you're going to try to put back into the community what you took out of it, even if it's intangible. And again, and this is where I think we're both a little ignorant of this because because and this is something I, I, I really want to look into because you bring up an interesting point. What what does your average sentence look like these days? Yeah, I don't know. And and that's that's a great question because I I understand part of what you're saying is that you know what part of your, your I mean again I still side on the fact that part of allowing someone to feel free again and otherwise reintroducing them into quote unquote society as part of us as free people mm-hmm. I think a big part of it is the gift right of their right back to vote I think that I think that will but now again now I have t- many of these people I'll grant you are b- people that are doing the same thing I am in helping uh, push this uh, hopefully uh, ballot to change the Constitution of Kentucky right um, so and many of these are are ex felons mm-hmm. uh, or are felons who want the right to vote back um, but many of them are talking about how important it was to just feel the first time because uh, Governor Bashir I think at the beginning of his term, uh, as governor of Kentucky, he did grant the right to, I want to say, like uh, over 100,000 people of felons the right to vote. And he can do that. That's part of the Constitution as well. But there's still 197,000 or 200,000 free felons who do not have the right to vote extended to them right now, some of which have been free for a long, long time. Yeah, They have not been recidivist. Well, and so because of the situation, because of the law in Kentucky – 
they cannot automatically have that right restored. The only way they can is petitioning the governor. And let's be honest, that's not a easy. That's not as easy as it might sound. No. And so this is a situation where, okay, not unless you do this, the lieutenant governor's hair. <laughs> this, uh, this, this. Oh, that's right. You, you weren't paying attention to politics. You hear about that story? No, of course Where, not. With all the people that were waiting in line to get their unemployment, uh, apparently the person who does the lieutenant governor's hair got put to the front of the line per the uh, lieutenant governor's Oh, request. are you serious? Yeah, anyway. Yeah, God, sorry, I, I, I didn't did mean actually, to sidetrack Actually, you. I did hear about some of that. I did <laughs> also heard about with the 400,000 unanswered email, yes. emails. Yeah. I can tell you personally, a uh, member of my family uh, had to file for unemployment during COVID, and I, I every day I was dealing with a frustrated person who was not being listened to in Frankfurt, who was not yep. being responded to in Frankfurt. And I can tell you it, it was driving this person up the wall. Yeah. And, and, and it absolutely just because there were mistakes that were made. There were people that were not calling them back. They were on hold. The wait times were outrageous. So I did hear a lot about that. And, and, and that that is certainly a frustration. So anyway. Yeah, I didn't mean to sidetrack you. It's just funny. Well, you can't do that to me because, you know, I get yeah, sidetracked I easily. <laughs> anyway, the, the, let, let me say this. I can put aside what I want for the sentencing stuff because that is kind of a conversation for another day as somebody who means libertarian yes at the end of the yes. day <laughs> when i'm trying to make complicated decisions about policy right i tend to err on the side of liberty and we'll yeah. sort the rest out you know yeah. my boss has a saying anything can be fixed so maybe we do this and we go ah you know maybe we should have done that well we go yeah. back and fix it but we should err on the side of liberty now i'm going to go all the way and I say, if you hadn't commit, if you did not commit a violent crime, or let's yeah. say your violent crime was not murderous, and it yeah. happened before the age of twenty-five, which is when yeah. we know your cerebral cortex is fully developed, or whatever. <laughs> You're it is. big in this cerebral. I don't even know if I'm using the right part of the brain. Today. Frontal cortex, I think it is. Whatever part of the brain it is. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. Clearly, mine's not fully developed. If it happened yeah. before you were fully developed, then I think you should also have your gun rights restored. Because if as a free person, I don't think you should have to also forego your right to defend yourself. That is, and that is a very interesting point. And truth be known, I probably side with you on that. That is a tougher one to side with when you think about some of the violent crimes are committed. But as you say, well, I'm, you I'm leaving that. out violent crimes. I'm leaving yeah. out if you were like I'm, yeah. I'm leaving out murder. Sure, but let's say you got involved in a fight, <clears throat> yeah. a fist fight. It wasn't like you jumped out from behind uh, a, a, a a dumpster and beat the snot out of somebody and stole their purse. Right. I'm saying you got involved in a fist fight at a bar and you ended up going up for a couple years at 19 or 21 yeah. for assault because you started the fight because you had a big mouth. Yeah. I don't think that you should have to forever not be able to yeah. uh, own a gun because own you served gun. six months or a year for that yeah. mistake. Now, if you're over 25, sucks to be you, dude. Suck it up, buddy. You're never getting those rights back. You shouldn't have been starting fights. But mm. and, and I would qualify that anything that's murder, rape, anything like that, sure. that goes beyond the pale. And to be fair... And not and not really. To I don't know if you should be out after you to commit those kinds of to crimes. Be, anyway, yeah, that's a good point too. To, to be not to not to not to sidetrack you, uh, but I, I want to get this in because these are these are as far as like what th this we're, we're asking for. I just want to get back to this because one of the things is is they're very specific about um, in this in this push to change the Kentucky Constitution for this for this particular issue. Um, they are very particular about who can and cannot have it automatically restored. It's not just all felons. They, they were very particular about you. Could, first of all, you can have never committed a crime in voter fraud. You can have never been involved in any kind of voter fraud. Um, and I think um, uh, violent crimes uh, up to, um, I think, maybe second degree manslaughter, anything more more serious than that, you 
you don't get this right automatically restored either. That's what the League of Women Voters is pushing for. Um, but I just want to give you some quick stats because I want to make sure I get these in. Number yeah. one, like Kentucky is an outlier. Uh, apparently, we have one of the most burdensome disenfranchisement policies in all of all fifty states. Um, Governor Bashir, as a result of his executive order, one hundred seventy-eight thousand more Kentuckians are now eligible and to register to vote as a result of what he did in two thousand nineteen. But there are still one hundred ninety-seven thousand um, outliers out there that have not had uh, the right to vote restored. Uh, that are free free people at this point. Um, and the goal is to place a constitutional amendment on the ballot, allowing Kentuckians to decide whether or not voting rights should be automatically restored. Now, here's what I really want to get to, Leland, because this is something I know you and I agree on and have talked about, is that on this particular issue, and many issues like it, okay, and here's the, there, there was a study that was done. I'll give you the exact information, so I'm not just saying a study. Uh, there was a study that was done. Where is this stupid front cover page I'm looking for? Uh, by, I may have put it in the very back. Um, basically by the Mason-Dixon Polling Company. I think it's who they are. And they're uh, out of Jacksonville, Florida. And they went to and they started asking – oh, here it is. I'm sorry. I put it on my other couch. I've got two couches. One, There are papers spread all over them right now. The Mason-Dixon Polling and Strategy Organization uh, conducted a poll. Basically, they asked 625 registered voters in the state of Kentucky. Uh, it was a phone telephone uh, poll, uh, and they asked the question – okay, for example, number one question – when a person in Kentucky is convicted of a felony, they automatically lose the right to vote. That is true. Do you think a person who has completed all terms of their felony sentence, including probation or parole, should that person have their right to vote fully restored automatically? Okay, so that's the key question in all of this. Now, here's the data, and this is where I get frustrated as if you, I'm a registered Republican, you can call me a conservative. Um, I think being around you and some other friends, I'm turning to, more towards libertarianism all the time. But here's what frustrates me. Based on party designation or registration alone, okay, 76% of the Democrats believe that that, uh, that that vote should be automatically restored. Only 56% of Republicans. Now, that's still a majority, and I'm still happy about that, but I'm still frustrated that why are the Democrats on this side? This seems like something that, you know what, we should all be on the side of. Now, I also say that independents, 65%, believe that the right to vote should be automatically restored. But you and I have had this conversation. How many times are we going to be in a situation like this? I don't understand why this is a Republican-favored or Democrat-favored thing at all. I mean, I don't know where this lines up with what a Republican is supposed to be or Democrat is supposed to be. This is just seems like, OK, you as an individual, think about what matters or what should matter or what you would want as an individual, how you would want to be treated or how you think our convicts should be treated. I don't know how this even lines up. It's funny, interesting, and yet not surprising to me that there is a vast difference, that most Democrats support this. And most Republicans do, but only by a 6% shot. Yeah. 56% of them. Well, because – I just feel like as Republicans, libertarians, conservatives, however you want to – whatever moniker you want to put on someone like you or I, I just feel like, you know what? This is something we should be on the side of because you, you have to, this is about what's doing – what's best for our society. Right. No, I agree. I agree. I think you have to take account that a lot of conservatives in Kentucky – and I might ruffle some feathers when I say this, but it's true <laughs> – a lot of conservatives in Kentucky are the old-school Bible-thumper type. That's that, and, that's very fair. And you and I are both very strong Christians. We're I think we're both. Very, I think I think you and I would both consider ourselves yeah, Bible, Bible thumpers, thumpers on some thumpers, level. But but we also I think there's a tendency in the evangelical Bible Belt 
yeah. to thump the Bible in ways sometimes that don't actually line up with what the Bible actually says. Agreed. And, and the frustration I have with that is the whole point of the Bible is forgiveness. Right. And I bet I understand you, there are consequences, but it is about forgiveness for something you should never have been forgiven for in the first place, which is our sin. And yet that's what evangelicalism is all about. And yet sometimes this is and this is why I bring this up. Well, I'm let, glad let me you finish it up my point. To the Christian. Well, hold on. Let me finish my point because I wasn't done. <laughs> Doesn't matter. I have something to say. Go well, ahead. what I was going to say was I think if you took people over 60 out of that poll that are Republicans yeah. and just polled the ones under 60, you would find yeah. those numbers a lot closer to Democrats. I, yeah, I just, that, I just think that's, that's interesting. And I, I hope that would be true. Um, I can actually give you the, the now I can't break it down as far as um, age in uh in the in the uh, in the parties but i can't give you the way the age breaks down in this and i think you were on to something when it says ages 18 to 34 year olds answered that question as a resounding yes 84 percent of them did mm-hmm. yeah 68 percent 35 to 49 year olds that's our demographic mm-hmm. 50 to 64 year olds 64 percent said yes and 59 percent 65 and older now in kentucky Two-thirds of the citizens, based on this Mason-Dixon poll, two-thirds of us in Kentucky believe the right to vote should automatically be restored. And I think that's kind of the key for me as well. Yeah. If that is accurate – and here's the thing, and I'm not saying it's easy to put um, – or nor should we always be putting things on the ballot as far as changing the Constitution. But it is one of those things that to me in the, in the greatest sense of our uh, republic says, okay, you know – majority rules in the sense of if two-thirds of us want this change put it on the ballot right let's go to the poll and let's see what the state of kentucky actually wants yeah no I because agree. that and that's the thing where i'm like that's the easy part of this and by leland they've been trying since 2006 when i say they i don't necessarily mean the league of women voters i mean since 2006 there has been an amendment or a bill i should say put forward in in the legislature every year since 2006 uh, to some degree trying to get this law changed and trying to get this part of our constitution changed. And it's now 2020 and we're still not there. And all they're asking for is, can we please put it on the ballot and vote? Okay. I want, I have a question for you, but I do want to throw one more statistic out there that I think kind of backs up your point earlier when you talked about how many things are considered felonies. Yeah. There's a book, I think it's called seven felonies a day. Mm. And it goes through how most Americans commit seven felonies a day and don't know it. Yeah. Because it's so easy to commit a felony in America yes. today. So I just did some statistics uh, on my own and I can't. When, when up, I was talking? Yeah. Well, you are I can good. multitask. You are good. Um, what I came up with is if there's a rough estimate, I think you said about 150 or 160 or 170,000 people were. 197,000 people still waiting, felons that do not have okay. the right to vote. Uh, Governor Bashir uh, gave the right back to vote automatically in 2019 to 177,000. Okay, all right. Well, I was, I'm a little undercounted this, so remember that the number is actually a little higher than what I'm okay. saying. Okay, all right. But essentially, that means that 8% of Kentuckians are, are felons already out of jail. 8% of the state. Are felons. Mm. Well, now, I, I now think, by comparison, yeah. By comparison, if you have three hundred fifty thousand or three hundred twenty or three hundred seventy-five thousand felons, there's only uh, five hundred thousand concealed carry permit holders in the state. Mm. So the, the reason I'm pointing that out is not to say that Kentucky's full of a bunch of people committing crimes. <laughs> I think Kentucky's full of a bunch of people who ran afoul of the law in doing huh? things that shouldn't have been running afoul of the law. And, and I think it under I think it underscores your point earlier about too many things are crimes to begin with. Yeah. And once you're in there for that, your life is ruined and the circumstances of whether or not that should have been a crime or not doesn't matter. Your life is ruined. 
Yeah. So it just kind of underscores that point. Which of how- I think, Leland, is why, not to speak for you in this sense, but I think is why you and I, I think that point underlines more than anything else why you and I are both very much involved as much as we can be in whether it's um, – doing videos which i just did or just speaking of it in something like this for for justice reform yeah 100%. because so many lives are ruined yep so easily so early and there's never any chance uh for restitution based on certain laws laws that in this case we're wanting to change i apologize yeah. for no, henry barking there's a dog Dude, if there's not um, if there's not a good dog hanging out with us when we're in studio that it's no i I, I agree absolutely um i i'll lastly i i'll say this okay um I remember to your point about the ease of which and, and people people laugh, right? But so when I was a little kid, and let's pretend for a moment, because I'm sure when I was a little kid, if I had done this, I would have fallen um in, you know, not not necessarily in ju- I would have fallen in juvenile court. It wouldn't necessarily have gone on my record as a felony. But if I was 18, okay, now there's all kinds, this is a, obviously hypothetical. My parents allowed me when I was a child to get Sports Illustrated. Every Thursday, Sports Illustrated would be in my mailbox. Except one week a year, there was not a Sports Illustrated in my mailbox, and that's when the swimsuit issue came out. <laughs> because my mother would not allow me to have the swimsuit issue. So when it came... Uh, and you still got it, it was, though. I guarantee it was you still taken, got a hold of no, it. No, no. Because you went still, to your friend's my, house. Listen, okay, so this is the point. This is the point. My mother would grab the mail out of the mailbox every day when it came. And on that Thursday that the swimsuit, swimsuit issue came out, it would be thrown in the trash. Your mom was committing a felony if it was your subscription. Well, exactly right. Okay. <laughs> now, the point is, because it was to me, that was, I think, the key. It was the Cameron Mills on it. Yep. But the point I always think, and I hadn't even thought about my mom being a felon for your that mom reason. But you're exactly your right. Mail, if, if she your got mom my mail and threw it away, and threw it away. Felony, your mom exactly is a right. felon. And this is my point. <laughs> If I was that Sorry, desperate Lori to Mills. see, I love you. If I was that desperate to see <laughs> the swimsuit issue, so desperate in fact that I had gone to my neighbor's mailbox and grabbed no, their Sports Illustrated swimsuit issue, then I'm a felon. Yeah, you're a felon. Then I'm a felon. You're all a felon. because I wanted to see. Well, we'll talk about it later. Well, the point is, is that 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 would have made me a felon. And listen, I know that's an extreme, somewhat exaggerated case, but it's really not. Yeah. It was in so many areas. It was so easy. But when this gentleman I met a few weeks ago, and I, I won't say his name, but even though he probably wouldn't mind me saying, he was fifty-eight years old and got and and because of his addiction. Mm-hmm. Yeah. He is now a felon. Yeah. Now, he was one of the ones that Governor Bashir pardoned. I didn't pardon because he he fulfilled his sentence. Right. But he still has that stigma of yep. felon. And if it wasn't for Governor Bashir granting him this – and by the way, Governor Bashir is not the only governor. Every governor Kentucky has had for the last uh, 30, 40 years has granted a certain level of voter rights back depending on who they were and how long they were in office. But Governor Bashir did it. Um, Governor Bevin did it. They, they have all uh, given the rights to, uh, of certain voters who have petitioned them or certain felons who petitioned them the right to vote back. But that gets around them having to do that because that is tedious. It also, by the way, costs an average of three hundred forty dollars mm. just in paperwork. And part of this amendment also wants to go towards wiping that out and, yeah. and waiving that fee. Yeah. Because, again, if you go back to these people having trouble getting work, if we want them to re- be reintroduced in, into society. If that's really the goal of prison is, is is penance, is punishment, is relearning, reeducation, and then reintroduction into society as an upstanding citizen, then we've got to give them a chance once they get out. And right now in our world, in our country, certainly in our state, we don't have enough who truly have a fair chance. Some would argue that maybe they don't deserve a fair chance. I would argue that they do a fair chance 
to, for a second or even a third chance. Yeah, I totally agree. Um, and I think it's hilarious that you're a felon and so is your mom. Um, but yeah, that, no, I, no, no, no. That, I never did it. But you know what? You make a good point. Mom stole my Sports Illustrated from Sidney. She did. Well, if, and to, to that point, I mean, let's say a, a, a let's say my wife had a subscription to Victoria's Secret <laughs> to shop from. <laughs> And right. I'm and the you one threw it away? that no perused <laughs> before I gave it to her. I have technically committed a mail fraud because, you know, it's not it's not her or it's not mine. It's hers. You know, so it's, it's even it's, though all you want to do is, quote unquote, peruse. I just want to peruse. I'm just shopping. <laughs> just shopping for her. Shopping. Shopping, for your, shopping for your babe. All right. Before we before we wrap this up, <laughs> how can people get involved? Because the, the legislative okay. session is over. Did they at yes. least did they set it up so it can be on the ballot? And now we have to fight. Well, or- it was actually there were th- I think there were three bills this legislative session um i don't think any of them made it out of, of committee um i have been talking to um uh senators and legislators that i know and just just if nothing else and these are friends of mine um who i've known for years saying hey by the way where do you stand on this this is where i stand on this can we get a push on this next le- legislative session so uh, what i would do is you can go to league of women voters um you can just look i here's what i would say um and yes getting involved in a in a in an organization, that's a fine way of doing it. I, I have no problem with that. Um, I'm not officially involved with League of Women Voters. I just know this is something that I've I have partnered with in in far as a video with them uh, that's going to run on their website and just saying, look, this is something I believe we should stand behind yeah. as citizens of Kentucky. Why are we going to be the last state again in making a change for the betterment of our Commonwealth? Um, right. But I think here's the more important thing. Talk to people about it. This, this is what, grassroots in, in, in politics is the most one of the most powerful things there is, and yet we rely upon yard signs and we rely upon you know Facebook posts and Twitter posts. Man, actually talk to somebody. Look, Leland, if you and I were going to talk about um, if we were going to share our faith with someone, okay? And I realize I'm a preacher. I get to travel around. I get to talk about Jesus. That's what I do. It's what I love to do. It's what I felt called to do since I was twelve. And yes. But that gives me the venue. There is a setup way for me to, on a Sunday morning, I'm invited to a church. I get to go up and I get to share my faith with people. And that's a wonderful way of doing it. However, the more profitable way, the more, um, the more, the way you have more influence, the way you can truly share your faith is in a one-on-one conversation with someone who genuinely wants to know. And the way I can get someone to genuinely want to know is I can share what is appropriate. I can share what is basically berating someone, or as you said earlier, the Bible thumping. The Bible thumping comes from the idea that those of us who are sincere about our faith, quote unquote, uh, cram the Bible down other people's throats, which by the way, folks, is an impossibility. It's never been done, nor is it possible that it can be done. But what I can do is I can share when asked. And what I think is more valuable than even getting involved with League of Women Voters or another organization that is pushing for this is get involved with your neighbors. Don't be one of those people that is constantly banging people over the heads with your political views, but just say, what about this? This is kind of how I feel. And I think that's part of the importance of the conversation you and I just had. You and I, even though we're both on the same side of this, you brought up some good points and we can have a conversation without getting angry at each other or disappointed with each other or saying the other person is full of hate. Right. Have conversations with people and say, this is where I stand. This is what I think, because I don't know that I'm right in this situation. I do not know for a fact that I'm right. Right. I do feel pulled in one direction. I feel motivated in one direction. And I also feel like I can, in a polite, dignified, gentlemanly way, I can share that belief with someone and not make them feel uncomfortable. I believe that's possible. I believe it takes some wisdom, some patience, and some love, but that's possible. And I also believe that is the most important thing we can do in any issue that we want to share, whether it comes to abortion, whether it comes to – 
uh, any right that we have in our country is just sit and talk and love. Yeah, we're running up against the amount of time we can actually fit in a podcast, but I'll say this. <laughs> you have to divide just, up into three. Well, just just to make this, this one other point about Go ahead and Kentucky and politics in Kentucky. I not, only, I not only concur with everything you said, but I also want you, the next time there's an election for your House representative or your senator, put them on the record in public on these issues. I mm. polled all, I, I know a lot of the legislators, yes. a lot of them, and I tried to figure out where were they on the animal cruelty law this year. Yeah. All of them were for it, and it doesn't get out of committee. Mm. Uh, medical well, marijuana in yeah. Kentucky. All of them are for it. Doesn't get out of committee. It doesn't get out of committee. It is amazing, isn't it? You got an issue like this. All of them are for it. It doesn't get out of committee. We have to put these people on the record mm. and let them know that these are important issues and it's time for them. I don't know who they're holding out for. I know it's the leadership that, that keeps these things out of uh, committee. I would assume so in but, some sense, yeah. But if that's the case, leadership needs to be changed because yeah. I'm tired of... And, you know, I know I live in Colorado now, but I will always be a Kentuckian. And I am sick and yes. tired of Mark Twain being right when he said, when the end of the world comes, I want to be in Kentucky because it's 20 years behind. I'm sick and tired of having that <laughs> hanging really over my head as a Kentuckian all, all everywhere I go. So I'll just, you know, just to say that. Um, Let's leave it at that then, because yeah. that I did, first of all, I didn't know Mark Twain said that. That is beautifully said. Yeah. Uh, don't go anywhere. I, I want to thank our sponsor, um, Louisville Cabinets and Countertops, for their awesomeness. I'm I'm pretty certain that the reason our house in Louisville sold in about a day was because of how beautiful the kitchen was. It really helped show the home, and uh, so that's why I'm extremely excited about Louisville Cabinets and Countertops. I don't talk about businesses that we don't work with, and they are fantastic. Tim Montgomery and his crew. Um, just check them out at LouisvilleCabinetsAndCountertops.com. You'll talk to their uh, designers, Ke Cre uh, Kelly, Michelle, George. They're all awesome. They'll help you design your dream kitchen or if you're a, a contractor or a do-it-yourselfer, you can simply go to their website and see where they've got beautiful in-stock cabinets that are ready for your project right now, and they're very affordable and super high quality. So again, Louisville Cabinets and Countertops for their support. Also, JP Web Design and Dynamics Audio Productions. And of course, my lovable, huggable, almost never here, executive co-producer and silent co-host Cameron Mills. Very silent this episode. All right. You're listening to the Disruption Zone. You can find us on Twitter. It's at Zone Disruption. On Instagram, it's at The Disruption Zone. And of course, it is a free subscription and free download at iHeartRadio, Apple Podcasts, Google Play. Please leave five-star reviews for us because that's what makes those platforms push us out to even more people. You're listening to the Disruption Zone. <laughs> 